Hello, I'm Alfred. And I'm Chris. It's Thursday. And this is Why Wait Till Sunday. Probably a top five midweek college fantasy daily football show. All right, Chris, it's here. We are talking about week one, full slate, 13 games. This is the big enchilada. How do you feel? Excited. Last week was a, I think we called it an appetizer. This is the entree, and I am hype. I know, man, and and we have a little bit of uh, cleaning up to do. Uh, I don't know if it's our process. I don't know if it's our picks, but you know we're gonna get it a little bit more right this time. I hope. Um, well, you know, I don't see any reason not to just jump right into it. So let's talk about the slate itself. Uh, I'm gonna pull up our little thing here. So we've got the week one slate here, and it's 13 games. It's a little bit funky. Uh, there's some games I think you've mentioned you were surprised at the choices that they made. Um, but we've got Stanford at Kansas State to start us off. This game uh, historically is not too exciting for fantasy purposes. The current situation is a 53-point total uh, with Kansas State favored by three points, which gives Kansas State an implied total of 28, Stanford an implied total of 25. And, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, but uh, it is a neutral site game, so there will be no home field advantage. I believe it's a Jerry World. Is that right? It is. All right. So that's uh, Stanford at Kansas State. I'll give you Oklahoma Tulane. What are the details? Uh, this game was going to be played in New Orleans before the hurricane. So, you know, thinking of everybody there and, and hoping that they're doing okay, but it moved to Norman, and the spread went up about 10 points, and Oklahoma is now favored by 31. The total is 67.5, so Oklahoma's getting almost 50, and Tulane's barely getting 18. You know, I, I really um, think Oklahoma's probably going to handily take care of Tulane. They have national championship aspirations, but, you know, there, there are a couple pieces on Tulane that I think are interesting that we'll talk about, but for the most part, it's Oklahoma, and they have the top, highest implied team total at 49.25. So, got to respect that point total. And it's a, I mean, it's a bummer for many reasons because, of course, the natural disaster that has happened in New Orleans. But it was also one of the more just weird, kind of wacky games for Oklahoma to go to Tulane, to, to uh, you know, to start the season. So, I think uh, that's got to be. In addition to the actual real problems happening, that's got to be a real disappointment that, you know, to host Oklahoma would have been a very fun thing uh, for the students and fans of Tulane. But nevertheless, it's going to be in Norman and maybe Tulane will rise to the occasion, win one for the Gipper type thing. Um, Western Michigan at Michigan. This point total is pretty dang high, 66.5. And uh, Michigan favored by 16 points, which gives them uh, the second highest point total on the slate, 41.5. And Western Michigan, the dog, has a uh, point total of only 25. Uh, But I think that's a high-powered offense. There could be a little more 
to get there than, than what the point totals are telling us. Next on the list, Penn State, Wisconsin. What do you think about that one? Two top 10 defenses take on, you know, each other and they're pretty okay offenses with questions of quarterback. The uh, Wisconsin's project to win by five and a half. And I think that, you know, that's fair, but overall this isn't a game where I'm super excited about. It's just going to be a defensive slugfest and that's not exactly what we want for DFS purposes, but it'll be a good football guys and football gals football game. <laughs> Get your hand in the dirt uh, put a hat on a hat, all that stuff. Wisconsin, interestingly, is a is the eighth highest point total on this on the slate at twenty seven. But but just I think it's basically middling. Uh, even though eight, you know, ranked eight doesn't seem that bad, but it's twenty seven. So I mean, it, I think there's a big gap between the, the high teams and then kind of that middle range. So um, Fresno State at Oregon. This is an interesting one. Fresno State looked fantastic last last week. Uh, granted, it was against UConn. Uh, that game has a 64 point total Oregon favored by 20 comes in with a team total of 42. That's third on the slate. So the ducks are certainly, um, in, in play here. And then Fresno state, this is kind of like the Western Michigan game to me where the Fresno state offense, I think can put up points, uh, regardless, um, even though they are the 20 point dogs and, uh, their point totals only 22, but I still kind of like some of the Fresno State players. Then we got a marquee matchup. Number one, Alabama versus Miami in a neutral site game. Um, what do you got there? I saw the Alabama hype video today, and I want to take Alabama in the points. Just, just watching <laughs> the video, I could run through a wall. But, yeah, you know, the, the total 64 and a half, so I think there's going to be some points scored. Alabama has a team total of over 40 I think that they'll put up a ton of numbers with Bryce Young quarterback. I'm interested to see how Derek King performs coming off of a really late season injury. They, uh, they're only projected score 23.8 points. So I'm not really sure what Miami is going to do this week, but I do think there could be a couple places where we could get value from, you know, some of the Miami offense, even though they're big dogs. Yeah. Uh, then we've got, let's see, Miami of Ohio goes to visit G5 Darling, probably one of the best, if not the best group of five team in the country. And that's Cincinnati. Uh, the point total is only 50, but Cincinnati's favored by 23. So their team total is 36.5, sixth on the slate. And Miami comes in at only 13.5 projected points. I do not foresee paying very, uh, uh, playing very many red hawks um and uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the bearcats because they are in play they should have their way with uh with miami um next on the list marshall at navy so this is one of my favorite games from a picks purpose i love marshall this week it is in i don't love it for dfs the total is only 46 and a half Marshall's favored by two and a half and uh, you know, their team totals 24 and a half. So that's okay. I think there's a guy or two on Marshall that we're interested in, but this game's total is just so low that it really is more of a stay away than somewhere where we're pushing a lot of chips in, but I like, Hey, I like Marshall the points. Hey, that's something. Uh, Indiana heads to Iowa next on our list. And, um, 
This is your you know, kind of a classic Big Ten situation. We've got a point total of only 46. We've got Iowa coming in favored with a point total of 25, Indiana 21.5. You know, there's not even four touchdowns on either side of this um, matchup projected. So pretty ugly from a fantasy perspective, especially in the college game where you really do need to hit a high, high point total. So probably not going to be talking too much about those two teams. West Virginia at Maryland. Any insight there? I think West Virginia is a good place for value this week. Their implied team totals over 30, their favorites against Maryland. I feel like that's right. I think that they're a much better team and their defense really brings a lot to the table and Maryland was fairly inconsistent last year. So I, I really think this is going to be a big test for, um, you know, the other Tulia Tagovailoa and uh, that West Virginia secondary is extremely good. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do against Maryland this week. I, I think that West Virginia is, is primed to really have some nice DFS plays. All right. That sounds promising. Louisiana tech heads to Mississippi state. Uh, with a point total of 53, but Mississippi State favored by 23. So their team total is 38, uh, which comes in fifth on the slate. Pretty impressive there. And Louisiana Tech only looking to score 15 points, according to the odds makers. That's about bottom three on the slate. So don't get too excited about the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs and play your Mississippi State Bulldogs. Northern Iowa FCS, Northern Iowa heads to... Uh, what some people think could be one of the surprise teams in the power five to maybe even crash the playoff. That's Iowa state. How do you see this game? It's the Iowa state show and it won't be close at all. I mean, the spreads 31 and a half. I actually think Iowa state, <laughs> state might cover that. I, I think they're just so much better than the Northern Iowa team. Northern Iowa is really not bringing anything to the table. The, uh, game totals 52. I think at least 40 to 45 of those points are Iowa State. So our uh, our Cyclones are in play this week. Absolutely. I mean, anytime you're looking at an FCS matchup, that is a place to try and guess who's going to get all the uh, yards and points. And finally, uh, Louisiana, um, kind of up there with Cincinnati as one of the better well-coached, uh, complete G5 teams heads to Texas to possibly spoil Sarkeesian's first game uh, as Longhorn head coach. This um, kind of looking like a, a bit of a lower scoring affair, 57 point total, but a fairly tight spread. So we're talking about Texas looking at 32 point teams total in Louisiana, 24. Uh, I'm of the opinion that might actually be a thinner margin than that. So I kind of think this is going to be more of a defensive struggle um, and, uh, and Louisiana is just kind of plays a nasty keep away defensive style of football. So that may not be, that may not even live up to what we're looking at there. Um, all right. So those are the games we have got on the slate and, uh, it should be really fun, even though some of them are not, you know, you can't always have the biggest smorgasbord, uh, offensive games. And so we'll see if we can find some value in other places. So let's start uh, first thing on the list, let's start with quarterbacks. Um, you know, at the top, you've got Spencer Rattler, 9,700. Chris, is it worth it? I think so. I think he's the safest option in terms of securing a high output this week. I think 
There's questions about what the Raider production looks like. I think there's questions about what Bryce Young is in that offense, and I think they're both really good players. But if I had to pick one quarterback that I'm the most confident in, it's Rattler. And I think that's reflected in his price, and that's fine. I'm willing to get there. I'm willing to make sacrifices elsewhere in my lineup. I'm I'm in on Rattler this week. I I have no problem doing it. I think it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be a blowout because Rattler throws for 304. Yeah, uh, you know, if they're blowing them out, just like we said last week with uh, Jake Hayner, you know, if they're blowing them out and going to get over that total, cover the spread, et cetera, et cetera, it's because Rattler went off. Um, uh, and so I have no problem with that. Now, the next guy on the list is is kind of interesting. We've got Desmond Ritter, 9,200. I think we have to talk about him because of the defense they're playing in uh, in Miami of Ohio. And Rattler is kind of a, a popular, you know, he's a popular C2C pick. People think he's going to be pretty good for fantasy. I think he is pretty good for fantasy overall, but I'm not sure if he's great for daily fantasy. In 12 games last year, he only hit the bonus two times passing uh, and two times running the ball. He does contribute on the ground, but it's not like one of these guys that the bonus is on lock. Um Plus, then you've got the concern for blowout potential and kind of, uh, you know, not keeping the pedal to the metal. So are you in on Ritter? We'll talk about the top, you know, handful of guys a little more in depth and then and then cherry pick. So what do you think about that? 9,200. A lot of people may look at that and say, "Ooh, man, Ritter versus Miami of Ohio. I think I like him more than you do this week. I, you know, Miami's defense is terrible. I mean, they're 98th in ESPN's SP plus ranking. So I'm not particularly worried about that and spread. The spread indicates that, right? They, I, it's not really going to be a challenge for my for uh, Cincinnati to put up points. I like Ritter because he averaged 31.1 points per game in DraftKings last year, and I think that that is close to his floor this week. I think he's going to have a very productive week, and I think that you're right that he doesn't hit the bonus super often, so maybe that extra three points isn't there, but his rushing production is fairly safe, and I think that that is enough to say, all right, he may not hit a bonus in either direction, but he's going to have 70 rushing yards and he's going to throw for like 275. So I'm fine with Ritter this week. I prefer him to, the next time I'll talk about Bryce Young, and I I think he's a good pivot off Rattler if you need to save a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Ritter's a a fine player. I guess uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really this year. I'm trying to really focus on the bonuses and not get caught up in what I think about the player. But, but are they hitting these bonuses? Because three points, especially in a tournament. I mean, three points that you have, other people don't. That's a pretty big. uh, It's only three points you think, but I mean, those tournaments, every tenth of a point is worth money. So, um, of course, you mentioned Bryce Young, first year starter for Alabama. He does have the dual threat capability. Uh, but he's just a huge unknown. We don't really know. And Miami's defense might be kind of good. Does it matter against Alabama? I don't know. Um, total wild card. I mean, at 8,900, it's not like you're getting some discount to, uh, you know, to uh, blind bet on the flop here or something like that. So, you know, you're kind of paying up like you know what you're getting and you really don't. You don't know what their offense is going to look like. They've got Bill O'Brien, no more Sark. Uh, new quarterback, new entire receiving room, new backfield, you know, new on the offensive line. Now with, with Alabama over the last five to maybe even decade, it has not mattered. Right. I mean, they just, 
They lose guys all over the first round of the NFL draft and they plug and play and really don't miss a beat. So it may not matter at all. I feel like, uh, you know, young, maybe a, a guy I do plug in a tournament play. I think, um, I think I will do that at least once uh, on the off chance he throws for three runs for one and, you know, gets one of the bonuses or something like that. I think that's very much in play for a guy like this very talented player. Um, but he won't be, you know, he won't be a guy I'm rostering consistently or even more than once just to see. Yeah, I agree. I mostly agree with that. I, he's just priced up to the point where I'd rather get what, I think I know in Rattler and what I think I know in Desmond Ritter. And so that's really the decision that I, that I'm making. Am I going to take, I think Bryce Young is very good. I think Bryce Young will be a first round pick in the NFL. I don't really have hesitation about that. And I know Alabama will score a lot of points. I don't know what his role in that offense looks like. I don't know if they really just hand it off all game or what they do. I am going to, at least this week, take the known option at very similar price points. Okay, that's fair. And then next we've got Will Rogers, who I guess has been announced as the starter for Mississippi State. We already talked about, you know, they have a high point total. They're going against Louisiana Tech. They throw the ball all over the yard. I think we can almost guarantee 300 yards um, in that offense. No rushing contribution, really. Um, 8,700, not too bad. And I mean, it's not a very sexy name, but that's that's really not too bad. What do you think about Rogers? And then we'll we'll probably jump down after this. So last year they averaged 296 yards per game passing. And so obviously the 300 yard bonus is in play. Uh, he, you know, he did it twice last year in nine games and he wasn't the start of the full season. So I, I think that's impressive, but he's a zero in the run game and the total isn't super high. And Mississippi state's defense is pretty good. So he, he it's the same question that I have with Bryce young, right? What I, do I want to pay that much or would I rather pay just a little bit more and get someone I feel that has a higher floor and has a higher ceiling, especially like a tournament winning, winning ceiling. And I don't think Will Rogers has that. I think I'm with you. You know, looking at his game log last year, he actually only went over 300 yards twice uh, at Georgia, at Mississippi, which we know Mississippi was just a, a gift to all offenses everywhere. But a number of, of really lackluster, I mean, Against Alabama, 37 attempts, only 147 yards. Against Vandy, 46 attempts, only 226 yards. Uh, against Auburn, 51 attempts, but only 220 yards. So, you know, that's not great. Uh, the attempts were there, but not a lot of production. Um, it is Louisiana Tech, but uh, I, I'm with you there. I'm not sure I want to pay that price. Then we've got... Cincinnati's backup QB, Oklahoma's backup QB, Anthony Brown. No one's interested in him. At least I'm not. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think you are either. Paul Tyson no, is Bama's backup QB. So we got a bunch of backup QBs here listed. That's it's really funny they do that pricing on DraftKings. Um let's cherry pick. So we're we're outside of the top, you know, four, kind of the the big guns there. Who else do you like as we move down the list a little bit? So I do have some interest in Dorit King. And I, you, earlier I was saying that, you know, I don't know what his, his uh, injury situation looks like. And I think that's a real question, but he's the 16th most expensive quarterback on the slate. He's only 7,400. So you're getting a big savings with him. If you plug him in, 
I think he has 300 yard or 100 yard bonus potential. He does go against a tough defense. Don't get me wrong. Like Alabama is a very, very good defense, but they're not the same defense they've always been. You know, they're still top 15 unit, but I like Dariq King this week, and I like the savings that you're getting on Dariq King. So I'm fine plugging him in because I think they'll play catch up a lot, and I think he'll have to be forced to run. Kind of that same game script we saw Adrian Martinez thriving last week. And Illinois is obviously not Alabama, but I do like Dariq King this week. Yeah, I think, I mean, anytime you got a guy who who can give you 100 on the ground, it's definitely worth talking about. Um, I know we both are big, big fans of Caleb Ellaby. He's even cheaper than King, coming in at $7,300 to roster Ellaby. What do you think? I like this play, and I will go ahead and tell you the optimizer I've been using. Uh, shout out NBC Edge. Um, they that, that thing, that little machine loves Ellaby. Uh, even though they're, like we said, their point totals kind of low twenties ish, but personally, I think they're going to cover the spread. I think they are, I think they're a live dog in this one. And I think LB's hashtag good. So I would definitely play 7,300. Yeah. I, I, I like LB as well. I think he's definitely in play. Uh, you know, they averaged 284 passing yards last game last year, last season. I, I think that's pretty good. I think, and that was so he only hit the 300-yard bonus once, but he only had to throw over 30 passes once. They have extremely high run rate uh, as a team, and they won't be able to do that this week against Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think LB and his efficiency, you know, he threw through for um, – he had 152 attempts, but an 11.8 touchdown right. rate. He's just a very, very efficient player. I love Caleb Ellaby. I think you do too. And I think he can really put up some numbers against Michigan. And Michigan has a good defense – I, I think it's Caleb LB week. Yeah. I mean, he only needs 30 attempts based on what he did last year. Now, is he going to average 11 yards per attempt against Michigan? I don't know, but he averaged 11 yards per attempt. And that is an awesome, awesome number. Um, and you're right. I don't think they can just grind it out and run the ball all the time uh, in this particular game. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in 7,300. That's the discount like you'd like to see on, you know, some of those guys we were talking about, like a Will Rogers or, you know, maybe even a Bryce Young maybe should be down, maybe not that low, but lower than 89. So you're getting this nice discount on Ellaby. Um, let's take a look here. Blah, blah, blah. I know that, okay, we got to talk about Pratt. Michael Pratt, he's all the way down at 6300 he's a decent little player he was a pretty good true freshman last year going up against oklahoma obviously they're going to have to score um it could come with three picks but i would imagine that approaching 300 yards and at least two touchdowns with a little bit on the ground is something we can expect from pratt for only 6300 where are you on pratt i know you like him as a player but what about this week yeah, I I liked him more before the spread was 31 when they were home and it was 21. So I, I will caveat what I say with that. But, you know, I like what they're doing. They're bringing in Chip Long. And, you know, their implied team total is under 20 points. So I don't think he has a ceiling. But he's not that pricey either. He's 6300 I'm not sure he's my favorite play in the 6,000 range, but I also don't think he's totally off my board either. I think, you know, I'll plug him in here and there and just say, okay, well, maybe Oklahoma takes their foot off the gas second half. 
and gets the, the backups out there and, and Tulane puts up some points and they score 24 to 26 rather than 18. Yeah, and you uh, you mentioned that they did. They're bringing in a new offensive coordinator who should throw the ball a little more than last year. He did not have a lot of volume. He was pretty efficient. He's got a nice strong arm. He looks interesting. I was kind of wrong on the rushing. I mean, he'll he didn't have I think over twenty. So he he's not a, a real contrib- uh, contribution on the ground. So you mentioned another guy in the six thousands. Who's your quarterback that you like in the six thousands more than Pratt? So I like Derek Dode, who's at uh, West Virginia. He. West Virginia had ranked 17th in the country in pass in uh, pass rate last season, and they actually had 277 yards per game. So I think he can pass, and he hit the 300-yard bonus th- four times last year. He's got a really nice ceiling as a player who's only 6700. It's not like Maryland's a scary matchup either. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. I, I, I think he is mispriced on this slate, and I think I prefer him – for $400 more over uh, Pratt, especially. And I'm willing to go down from him. Like, I feel a lot more confident plugging him in at the um, getting like 4X or 5X than I do a guy like Bryce Young. Yeah. And what did you say about uh, uh, this guy, Joe? I can never say, is Dogie? Is that yeah. how you say it? Uh, what, how many times over 300 did you say last year? Four times in 10 yeah. games. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, especially, yeah, for 6,700. Um, I should throw out there that the optimizer did like Hudson Card quite a bit. He has been announced the starter. But just the real-life eye test, I'm not sure I want to take anybody against uh, Louisiana. That That's a nasty team. I think that game flow, that game script is going to be kind of more gritty and not – high flying with a high ceiling. Now card can run on the ground. Uh, certainly great athlete. Um, it's worth thinking about at 6,900 cause he is formally the starter. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. The optimizer seemed to like him, which could mean that he's popular uh, in uh, people playing tournaments at large. And one more, I know a lot of people like Grant Wells talent. I know you like Marshall to beat Navy. Would you want to take Wells in this situation? Uh, at 6,800, 60, uh, 6,800. The, the, the total is, is a little lower than I really want to. I actually think they run the ball more than they do throw the ball. I'm, I'm just not a big fan of Wells this week. I don't really know what his path to a, like a tournament winning performance really is. Yeah. And he, they do run the ball a lot. He did have two games last year with 300 yards. Um, and he can contribute three, 30 to 40 yards on the ground uh, any given week as well. So that's, you know, there's something there potentially if Navy's defense is really that bad. Um, so those are the quarterbacks. Anybody else you want to highlight? No, I think we, I think we hit most of our, uh, our favorites. Okay. All right. So running backs, we've got Brees Hall at the top. He's probably the best uh, you know, draft eligible player coming out this next uh, year for your dynasty teams. Uh, he's the most expensive non quarterback on the slate at 9,000 and he's going against an FCS opponent. What do you think? I have no problem with his price point. I'll play him no matter what. Probably, probably. I, I don't care. I, I think people may stay away from him just because he's, you know, he's, the most expensive by a lot too. over hundred yards in nine and 12 games, 23 touchdowns last season. 
23 receptions. I mean, he's, he's as close. I, I, I wrote in the piece that will accompany this pod that he's as close to a lock on this slate as it comes. And I truly believe that Brees Hall is going to put up something like 150 and two, 203. I'll, I'm playing him. I have no problem. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I mean, there's just there's no reason not to like unless you just can't fit it, your build doesn't work, whatever. But like, there's no reason to think Brees Hall isn't going to be the RB one on the on the week. Like that's just he's priced that way. It's it's likely to be that way unless you just like fading, you know, kind of taking the field. But otherwise, uh, he's priced because he's that good and the matchups that good, etc. etc. Letty Brown's interesting. I know you've already mentioned. Uh, Maryland, uh, their defense was pretty bad last year, if I remember correctly. Letty Brown is a uh, volume lock. I mean, I think 20 touches are guaranteed virtually. He does catch a handful of passes, two to three passes at 8,000. That's not too bad. No, I like I like him probably as my second favorite play this week. Um, I think the game script's probably in his favor. They are favorites in this game. He averaged 23.3 DraftKings points last season, so I, I think that he's can probably do that. The bonuses in play, he hit it in 50% of his games last year. I, I mean, I like Letty Brown. I think he's a fine running back, and I think that he's really going to have a nice game against Maryland. Yeah, he's not a super sexy running back, but you know, you're getting the volume of Brees Hall at $1,000 cheaper. He's not as explosive, and he's not a pro prospect, but output might not be that different to be honest it'll it'll rely on touchdown you know uh ben uh just touchdown variants there probably yep i love Bijan robinson you love Bijan robinson everybody loves Bijan robinson i don't know about 7400 in this game against a very good defense i probably won't have much Bijan robinson this week uh unless they i i kind of want texas and sark to show me they're going to run him 20 times a game i'm not sure that's going to happen so I so I disagree with the fact that I think it will happen. Okay. Um, I think they're just going to give it to Bijan and say, "All right, do your thing. You're the most explosive running back in the country. All right, let's go." Louisiana's rush defense was very poor last year. They allowed 20 touchdowns, 4.31 yards per carry, all over 184 yards per game. I mean, they bring back a lot of that same unit. I don't think that unit got particularly much better, but I I like Bijan. I think he's going to be featured in both phases of the game so i i don't really mind him i i do prefer the other two running backs more than him he's just in a weird pricing range but Mm. i'm still fine plugging him in all right i mean maybe i'll have to because i want to i just wasn't sure i i guess i don't know for some reason i'm not sold they're gonna just feed him the way that we want him to maybe i've just been burned too many times by coaching decisions um Austin Jones against Kansas State, 7,200. He does catch passes. I think he's a nice little player. I just don't know if this is the game I want to play him in. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's in play, so I'm not going to say he isn't. But he's not really a priority because I think I'd rather pay up for the other two big-name running backs. And I think I would probably rather pay down for the next group. So he's kind of just in a weird kind of like funky range. But... He he's in play. He'll be involved regardless of game script. So I, I mean, he averaged twenty four point five touches per game last year. So I like yeah, him. I like him five. Yeah, that's a nice number. And you're right. He is game script independent. Um, 
I guess my view of that game in general is kind of blah. I know you're a little more uh, optimistic. They'll score points. So I think that's coloring my decision on, on Austin Jones a little bit, but you're right. There's, there's some more good options below. Um, Oh, how about, I mean, there's so many guys. I feel like we need to talk about them. Jerome Ford uh, for Cincinnati, of course, going against bad uh, Miami of Ohio. He's a guy that sometimes I wonder if the fantasy community thinks he's better than, than, than the coaches. I mean, he split time with Jared Dokes last year. If he's so, so good, why wasn't he getting more, more carries? I'm just not, I'm not certain he's like a 25 touch workhorse and, and some people seem to be. Yeah, he's fine. Um, I think he's in play just because they are such heavy favorites and I think they'll run the ball, but I don't think he has the same ceiling that a lot of other running backs on that we've talked about have. He, there is questions about what his workload is going to be, I, I think. And Miami's defense actually ranked 18th in rushing yards allowed last season. Huh. I don't think they're a good defense. And I think that's probably like a, anomaly more than anything but it is something to keep an eye on yeah and it's the mac so they throw a lot in the mac and and you know the mac crazy things happen in the mac um all right well we're gonna just go for it here next guy on the list smash of the slate eric gray i think it's crazy that he's the sixth highest priced running back on the slate um you know i it wouldn't shock me if he ends up the RB one, like that is his, I think that is in his range of outcomes. I think three touchdowns is in his range of outcomes in this game against Tulane. Um, you know, I think you can even pair him with Rattler cause he's going to catch some passes. He may catch four or five passes. Um, it's probably really just up to if Lincoln Riley wants to get this guy's feet wet as after transferring in from Tennessee. Yeah. I love Eric Gray. I don't, Honestly, I have a lot to add to that. I think he's going to be have a very solid week. That is a very thin depth chart right now with a lot a lot of transfers out, legal issues, just a whole a whole bunch of stuff that's happened over this offseason with Oklahoma. So I love Eric Gray this week. I think he's going to be phenomenal. And it's Spencer Rattler and Eric Gray could score. Rattler could throw over four touchdowns and Gray could score three on the ground and they'd still, I think, be under their team total. Yeah. Their team total. So I, I, I am okay playing them in lineups together because they have such an absurd team total that I don't necessarily think it's negative correlation either. And Gray catches passes. There's absolutely yeah. that they'll, you can stack them together and you'll get a double dip. Uh, Rattler to Gray, very good chance of that. Like you said, depth chart is decimated for various reasons. I think the only running back they really have is uh, Marcus Major behind Eric Gray. And... Uh, I mean, the only only good things were coming out of both spring and fall camp for Eric Gray. So I think this is a smash play simply because it's not a super cheap smash play. Like it's not like, you know, some some minimum price guy, but he should be a top three. I mean, he should be priced above Aaron Jones, Jerome Ford. Like he should not be below those guys. And frankly, I would probably rather him than than Bijan. Um, and so I just think he's just priced too low, uh, you know. It's a thin margin at the top, but I think he should be higher than that. Yeah, he's he's listed as an over on the depth chart with Kennedy Brooks, but I'm not really concerned about that. Oh, Kennedy yeah. Brooks, that is the other guy I forgot. Yep. Yes. Oh, that depth chart. I was looking for it yesterday. It came out uh, today. Came or? out today. Came out today. He's listed as an or. Ugh, I hate that. Eh, whatever. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Um. All right. 
So we got to probably, you know, get a little bit quicker here. We can't go over 50 running backs. Uh, anybody else you want to highlight? I love Austin Rivers or sorry, Ronnie Rivers as a player uh, against that Oregon team may be tough, although they may try to throw a lot of passes to him to keep that pass rush off of Hayner. Um, not sure what you think about him and then add another guy you like uh, down the line. Yeah, I'll I'll highlight two quickly. Uh, one being Deuce Vaughn. I think that game goes over. I know you're a little more skeptical of that. So we, we I think we disagree there. But he hit the rushing or receiving bonus four times in 10 games last year. They're slight favorites. I think he's going to run the ball. I, he's just so involved. And he's the 12th highest price running back on the slate that I really have no issue with uh, Deuce Vaughn. And then the other guy I really like is Chris Smith at Louisiana. So he's... He's the guy after Elijah Mitchell and uh, Trey Raggis left. Texas defense was fine against the run. Um, their front seven, I think, is leaves some to be desired. I think it's a weaker part of their defense. Um, I really like Smith this week, and I also like his backfield mate, Imani Bailey, who's mm. 3,700. And so Smith at 5,700, Bailey at 3,700. I obviously wouldn't play them together, but they have a history of splitting carries. Mitchell yep. and Raggis split last year 141 to 131. And so I think they could both get some run, but you know, I, I like both guys. And then the last, the last guy that I will actually mention is Sheldon Evans. And boom, boom, he, boom, boom, he is, bargain bin. He is a in play for a huge game. I think he is only 4,300, which I'm not really sure where they came up with that pricing. He is listed as an or on the depth chart. So, you know, there's that whole issue. I don't particularly care. He he's really the uh, most tenured guy there. This Navy defense is terrible against the run. Terrible. I love Sheldon Evans this week. I, I think he is one of the best plays on the entire slate at his price point. I, I cannot get enough of him in my lineups. Yeah. Um, and just slight correction, 4,700, but who cares? Uh, you know, right. Looking down the line here, uh, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of nice bargain bin guys and you just have to go so far down for Sheldon Evans. It is absolutely insane. Um, you know, there's, there's Keon Henry Brooks. He's a fun player for Louisiana tech caught 11 balls in the game last year for Vandy 5,300 Ladarius Jefferson, the optimizer loves Ladarius Jefferson against Michigan in that Western Michigan offense. He's 5,400. You've got, um, you know, C.J. Verdell going up against Fresno State. He's 6,000. It's just insane how low Sheldon Evans is as the primary ball carrier against a, an atrocious Navy defense. So just underscoring what you are saying, like he should be up in the mid fives and that would still be a value. But at 4,700, that feels insane. Um so I couldn't agree with you more on, uh, I mean, Elv Evans as kind of that flex guy, you need a, a cheap guy that's going to produce. That is kind of where we're going to be looking there. Uh, one more that I'll throw in there, even lower than Evans is uh, Blake Corum. You wrote him up in your article this week. Um, that is for members only of Campus to Canton. So if you're not a member, go sign up and you can get Chris's novel basically uh, when it, when it drops tomorrow, <clears throat> but Blake Corum 3,600. You'll notice, even though Michigan has the second highest team total, we have not talked about a Michigan Wolverine yet, but I think Corum is interesting. He should catch uh, a handful of passes, 
Um, and they seem to like him there. He's explosive. He may only take one need one play to take it to the house. If you find yourself really scraping that bottom of the barrel, Blake Corm is a, is a name to keep in mind. And we can talk about this later, but might as well mention it now. So you and me both went back and looked at Michigan stat lines over the past three or four years. And even in games, they've been favored by like 35 or more points, similar well, no, I think it was a, you know, like, like over two touchdowns, 17, 21, 24, 28. They've only, they had like seven games in that subset and they only had like, like four guys we would have considered like fantasy, you know, uh, stars in, in, in seven games with a total that high. Um, they just cannot produce offense like it's it's truly remarkable i mean they had games where they put up 42 points and no single guy had a bonus or multiple touchdowns like it's insane um so that's why you might be wondering why the heck aren't you picking michigan players and uh it's kind of like they're gonna have to show me um i don't know if you had additional thoughts on that before we head to wide receiver nope i i think i like blake Corum like i like jordan mims last week the second option to get a little bit of work and and their favorite. I think he is a really nice play at his price. All right. All right. Wide receivers. We're going to try to wrap this up in uh, 10 minutes or less. Marvin Mims. You got to talk about Oklahoma. You know, he, he's Rattler's number one target. He may take a leap as a sophomore this year. I mean, he did some phenomenal things as a, as a freshman. I love Marvin Mims. It's going to be difficult to play Rattler gray and Mims but I'm sure it can be done. I haven't really messed around with it that much, uh, that particular trio. What do you think of Marvin Mims, and, and who who else do you like after that? He's actually the only guy I like about 7K. I think there's a lot of mispricing on this slate. So I, I, I'm in on Mims. I don't honestly think I have to elaborate that much. I just think he's yeah. going to just dominate, especially that now that we know the Elise is out. That's a very thin depth chart behind him. So yeah. I love Marvin Mims this week. Him and Rattler are, I think, the preferred stack. Yeah, and that and that was breaking today. So Weiss being out uh, really accentuates Marvin Mims, I think, um, as as a very nice play, and not even having to pay up into the nines. Where in the middle of the season, some of the like Devonta Smith was like over ten k. Not that he's Devonta Smith, but they run, uh, receivers can get up into the nines. Um, yeah, so I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm looking down the list here. Not a lot of names I'm loving at the top of the wide receiver column. Xavier Hutchinson came up uh, in a couple of the iterations of, of the optimizer I was running this week just to kind of see the names it was spitting out. And 6,300 for Hutch, uh, of course, against NIU. Is everything going to go to Brees Hall? I don't know. But Hutchinson is kind of their number one target uh, and Charlie Kohler, I guess. Any uh, interest in Hutchinson and, or where else would you go? He, yeah, Hutchison's in play. I think he's fine at that price. I'm not like rushing to get him in my lineup there. I think that he, I mean, 26.7% receiving share last year. I mean, obviously he's the, he's the one there. So I'm not going to not have him. I'm just probably not targeting him more than yeah, I am anyone else. All right. Uh, I mean, how low are we going to go here? What, what, are, what, who do you like? I like both Western Michigan receivers. I think we think that Western Michigan is going to cover and they're probably going to outscore their implied team total. 
So I think Sky Moore and Jalen Hall are both in play, respectively 5,900 and 5,500. So I think those are pretty good values. I'm not sure that I know what I want to do with the other side of that game. I think you could play Corum and then both of those Mm -hmm. and play LB quarterback. I think that that's an interesting way to play that game. That game, I mean, it has a high implied total for the, like the, the, the game total. So I, I think it's somewhere you need to get action on, but it's a good way to play it. Uh, I like, and this is like a little bit pricier. I like Jameson Williams at Alabama. I think he's an interesting playoff of John Mechie. I think he's going to be the wide receiver two there. So I, I really like him. And then when we get under 5k, uh, Deuce Watts, who I'm probably cooling on a little bit just because the spread's gotten to 31. And, and but I think he's in play. He's only 4,800. So I, I think that's a nice value saving. And I think that they're going to have to throw to try to keep up. So he could he could be in play. I like uh, Devin Williams at Oregon. Oregon, Ben. I, so he was listed as an or on the depth chart, which I don't love with Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin's awesome. He's an incoming freshman this year. But I think Williams is probably the guy, and they're favored by twenty. I think he'll, I think he'll, I think he'll have a fine game. Uh, he, you know, he's a pretty good wide receiver. He was their lead guy last year. I, I like Devin Williams. Uh, another guy I like to stack with Rattler. That's maybe not Marvin Mims is Austin Stogner. I think that he's in play as well. He's forty four hundred, and I think he's probably like a red zone option. And maybe you get some access to. Uh, the 50-point total that is implied for uh, Oklahoma. I like Sam Laporta at Iowa. He's only 4K. And then when we get under 4K, we're looking at guys like Slate Bolden, who I think is going to have a role. He's in or with JoJo Earl, but he was active in the spring. I like Will Mallory. I think Will Mallory is a nice way to get action if you don't want to pay up for Mike Harley. I think that he's going to be heavily involved. I think that he's mispriced. Uh, I like Josh Kelly as well. Again, this week, we um, we he like was, yeah, he was our bargain bin last week, and I think he did okay. Uh, he might have been the second receiver behind Cropper. Yeah, he had, he had a he Hayner missed him on a touch on a, a play that would have been a touchdown on one of Frainer's five incompletions. Yeah. So, I, I'm still in a Kelly this week, and I like Jalen Williams, uh, dirt cheap. He's the the min. Um, That's the third bargain bin for the week. Yep. I like him for Louisiana this week. I think that he is going to command a pretty solid target share. I don't love that passing offense, but they're the dog, and I think that they're going to have to throw a little bit. So Jalen Williams is the guy to target, I think, in that game is a receiving option. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and you looked at it, he wasn't that far off uh, what everyone assumes the wide receiver one is, Kyron Lacey, and he's priced way, way, way below Kyron Lacey. Yep. Um, In a game where, yeah, I'm not sure they're going to be able to play their game how they want to, like uh, like running the ball the way they have historically. So um, at the stone minimum, I think that's fine. I want to throw out there a guy who... Um, you know, there's been some some buzz in the C2C fantasy uh, college fantasy community, um, and now he's officially the starter. Is Xavier Worthy uh, for 4,700? I think that price point is is actually pretty nice. Um, you know, be, even though he's a true freshman, his first game, he's going to start. He's got big playability. He's got long speed for days. And, uh, you know, the kind of guy that will probably not be terribly popular because unless you're, 
you know, ear to the ground in the, in the you know recruiting and college football scene. I think he's going to go underappreciated. And you are getting that sweet, sweet value of 4,700. I concur on Deuce Watts. The second guy on the Tulane passing, if you want a deeper discount, is Jaquan Jackson at 4,400. Just throwing that name out there. Um, I think I think that's probably close to it. I mean, if you want to take a real uh, long shot, JoJo Earl is only 4,000, and he is listed as um, a, a starter with Slade Bolden, like you said. Uh, but Slade is 3,600. He's kind of the veteran. I just really don't know what to expect. We know JoJo Earl is uh, explosive. And Slade Bolden's probably just kind of a guy, to be honest with you. Um, but he could rack up five receptions. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Anybody all, I mean, you already mentioned a $3,000 guy, so I, I'm not sure there's anybody else to really touch on. Yeah. Unless you really want to get funky and do Cody Jackson or Mario Williams at hmm. Oklahoma. Stone minimum, right? out. They're both, sorry. They're both the stone minimum 3k, oh. right? Both of the men, so you can get funky and uh, try to catch lightning in a bottle this week. Yeah, I don't hate it. And, you know, in a game like that, uh, maybe they throw in the freshman towards the end and you get, you know, some late touchdown or something and wind up, you know, you could be sitting on zero for most of the game and then wind up, you know, two for 40 with a touchdown and, and for 3K, that'll play all day. So, um, uh, so yeah, that wraps up week one. We did pretty good. Got in under 50 minutes for the first episode and, uh, keep, you know, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we've got, um, sorry, I can show us here. So we've got Chris at Chris Moxley 19. I am at Alfred JF. We're chatting this up pretty much all week long leading up to Saturday live show called the tailgate with injury reports and everything leading all the way up to kickoff at noon. Um, and then if you are not in the discord, join campus to Canton for only two 99 a month or pay the whole year for 30 and, uh, come talk to us in the discord. We're just talking about stuff all day as news breaks, anything people are sending tweets. Hey, what do you guys think about this? I mean, it's just constant, uh, constant contact about all things, college football, both DFS, fantasy wagers, betting, everything else. Without further ado, we will wrap it and we'll see you guys out in those DFS streets.